Well, welcome to the latest episode of the Interesting People I Know podcast. I'm, Thank you. Yeah, Carrie Freitas, my new last name I'm still getting used to. It's Freitas <laughs> is how you say it. Um, I'm reminding myself. Uh, I have a really <laughs> special, I know, it's crazy, right? Like how many times as women, well, I mean, hopefully not many times because you should, I mean, I like getting married once. That was yeah. my intent. Um, but yeah. it's like, you just change your your name. Like if you, you know, you don't have to, but you it's like one of those. To it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how many people have I been in my life? And yeah. Maybe it's appropriate because I've been all those different people, right? Exactly. And we're going to talk about that today, like chapters and who we've been. So before I just start talking to my guests without introducing her, which I think is um, not good podcast etiquette, mm-hmm. um, I have in the studio today, Bridget Belden, and um, she's a good friend of mine, um, but that's not the reason why she's here. It's not the most important reason why she's here. Um, so Bridget is a super powerful um, change maker. Um, I find I'm drawn to those people as friends. So I don't know what that says about me. I think it just I says- I think like, you attract those people as you friends. You think? Absolutely. I'm so lucky. Like I feel very blessed about that because it just makes my life so much richer. Um, I first met Bridget um, when I was editing a magazine called Coast Kids and I had heard about a nonprofit she started. So that's kind of was my entry to Bridget, but I come to find out that Bridget- worked in the high-powered and exciting and seems glamorous, but it's a lot of hard work world of apparel manufacturing mm-hmm. um, and apparel marketing. And she headed up all the e-commerce and websites for Lucky Brands for like four years, which mm-hmm. is huge. And at the beginning of when e-commerce was breaking. So this wasn't just like lately. This was like when it was- a wild, it was, wild west. Yeah. yeah. And what do we do and how do we sell online? Yeah. And crazy. of course now it's second nature, but then- yeah. It was crazy. Um. So obviously an innovator and um, a seer in that space. And um, she had done marketing for one of my favorite brands, Levi's, like mm-hmm. one of the most um, beloved and like enduring brands ever. Worked for other major retailers um, in marketing functions and retail um, sa- and sales functions as well. And then um, she's going to tell us about her own journey, but going from high-powered apparel, marketing, manufacturing, e-commerce, internet, um, to founding a nonprofit. Yes. Um, called Ripple Kids, which still exists at ripplekids.org. Or dot com. Yeah. Or dot com. Yeah. Because uh, she's e commerce specialist. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got the dot com and the dot org. And um, Ripple Kids is, again, how I got to know Bridget. And it's, it's a great model. It's basically helping elementary school children, uh, probably into junior high, too. Mm-hmm. Um, understand how to have impact and give back um, and, and harnessing their natural desire as you know, um, non-jaded young beings that are now more and more engaged in society than ever um, to learn how to make an impact. And like, mm-hmm. where do you start? And, you know, what should I, what am I passionate about? And and then what do I do? And then, you know, um, and then how do I let people know about it? And right. so the ripplekids.com and .org websites, and also they have programs in schools mm-hmm. um, curriculum is basically dedicated to showing these kids the way. So showing examples for inspiration that other kids have, have done, to helping publicize what's been done, to spread the word to other kids in that way that they can make a difference and impact. And it's the the ripple effect. I just found something on Instagram, of course, like this is probably the best thing I've found on Instagram in a while because usually I'm just going deep in a rabbit hole on someone's <laughs> personal yeah. feed and try not to press like for like the eight months ago post. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was a little bit better, a little more altruistic. Um, so this quote is from Mother Teresa and it says, I alone cannot change the world but I can cast a stone upon the waters to create many ripples. And to me, that's what Ripple Kids is about. Um, And that's what hopefully this podcast is about. And what we're going to talk to Bridget about today is 
hearing someone's experience that's they're casting that stone in the water to kind of let you know where they've been and, t- and speak truth and tell their story in hopes that it creates a ripple effect for other people that either need that information and guidance and inspiration now or might need it later. Right. Um, and lets them know they're not alone right. and shows them a path, right? They don't have to do exactly the path, exactly. but shows them a path that was taken. So the ripple effect is big, I, you know, for me and for Bridget, um, as she's going to talk about, you know, her story from having that kind of pie in the sky checklist we all have as maybe young adults or young professionals, be you male or female. Um, and when you get to that checklist and it's checked, how do you feel? And is, was that really where you wanted to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how to, if you want, make changes, course corrections, right. learn and grow. So does that sound like a pretty good encapsulation? That was. Okay. Yes. Thank Phew. you. Thank I you. I know. So, um, okay. So I've talked enough. Um, not really, but I will talk more. But I've talked <laughs> enough for now. Please do. So, um, Bridget, I want you to take me through your journey. Um, we can start with that checklist. Yeah. You know, and then we can talk about getting there and then the regroup. I mean, just take us through your story as you'd want to share it with us. Okay, absolutely. And thank you for having me. I absolutely adore seeing you and sitting here with you on this and so happy to be here. Um, My story began when I was, I think, probably little. I had this pie in the sky vision of what I wanted of, you know, two kids, Volvo station wagon, job in the corner office, husband, of course. Um, and I worked really hard to get to that point. You know, I went to a good school. I got a good job coming out of school. Check, check. I then met my husband. Check, right. We got married. We had two beautiful kids. Boy, Boy and, a and a girl. Perfect. <laughs> right. And at one point, I even said I wanted a Volvo station wagon. And guess what? I got that. So there's two things. One is the power of visualizing what you want in your life. Right. And two is what do you do when you get there and you look around. And what happened was is I had worked so hard at getting there and I kept my head down and I was just boom, 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 one foot after the other. And when I realized that I had achieved all of this, that I everything I'd always wanted, I looked around and it terrified me because I still felt like I was empty inside. Like this was supposed to be, these were the supposed to be the things that fulfilled me and gave me this beautiful right. life. I mean, and you've I, done, you d- designed your life around manifesting and seeking out and achieving these things. Exactly. And I had purpose. a beautiful family and my entire life was so exactly as I had designed it, but I felt empty inside and it terrified me because I didn't know what was next. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I really felt like like I was crazy, that that there was something wrong, that I had all of this. How old were you like at this time-ish? Ish is a good word to use. I was in my, I think the first time it struck me, I was probably in my early 30s. Okay. And my first, my daughter was a baby. She was my first, okay. my oldest. And um, it was funny because it was a conversation I had. I was at a business uh, function in New York with Levi's and the senior, one of the senior um, officers of the company was sitting with myself and some of my counterparts. And he said, okay, Let's go around the table. It was very casual. We were sitting in a bar, as as was wont to happen. And he said, I'd like to go around the table and everybody talk about what they're passionate about. And I froze. And I thought, oh, my God, I know I have to say my job. Duh. Of course, I'm going to say my family. But it stuck with me and struck me that 
I wasn't feeling that. And that passion is supposed to be about feeling. Right. And so that kind of planted the seed. And it was too scary for me to dig deep and look at it because I was still busy on my path, right? Yes. I still had things You're to do. You're head down, nose to the grindstone, can't stop and think about this this big amorphous, like, am I happy? You know, exactly. it feels self-indulgent, right? Exactly. And, and selfish and like you said, scary. Exactly. And were other people, I'm just curious and I don't want to digress too much, but do you remember at that bar, like were other people really quick to like... I mean, I know like you're in front of like a big wig, so you're going to say, I just like, I'm so passionate about Levi's. Like, right, I can't right. even believe it. Yeah. Um, but were other people quick to like have a bunch of things that they said? Like, did I don't, you even, reg- that even I register? I didn't even register because okay, I was, I was in curious. my own head. I'm thinking, oh my God, okay, two more people. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? Yeah, no, that was like scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I feel like it does. It makes total sense that you wouldn't register what they're saying because you're just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Right. I'm just thinking. I guess my thought was that I bet you the other people felt the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, sorry. So you realized that you didn't feel the passion that you deservedly wanted to feel. Right. Exactly. The feeling. The feeling. Exactly. I had all these things in this beautiful family, and I was on my way, um, but it still didn't feel. I wasn't feeling full. I wasn't feeling that sense of fulfillment, really. And there was something empty inside. And um, so that really led me to a lot of internal, you know, I was just, you know, I was working full time, I was driving up to LA. Um, By this time, my kids were little, we had a nanny. And, you know, on the weekends, we were spent as young families do chasing around yeah, and doing sports, all the stuff activities. and yeah and and there was no time it was crazy it was hectic and inside i had this monologue going on in my head you know what's wrong with me there must be something more and i couldn't really articulate it cuz i didn't know and i was really ashamed about it and and felt um really guilty and like because you had all these great things and you had privilege kind of and you didn't you weren't feeling it like it yeah. wasn't you felt like it wasn't enough so you felt Ashamed? Yeah. I felt ashamed because these are all the things I had ever wanted. Okay. And now I had them, but yet it wasn't enough. And I had, um, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, I want this beautiful car and you have it. But when you're talking about a family and these little beings, and I felt right. like it it detracted from these beautiful people that were in my life and this beautiful family that I had. I mean, my kids were, it didn't mean I didn't love them. Of course not. Yeah. But it it felt like that kind of, it, well, felt, it felt like, like not enough. Right. And it's like, there's gotta be something more. And I have to say that like, I totally identify with, with that because I always felt like I just love my kids beyond measure, mm-hmm. but I just didn't feel whole yet. And right. I was like, everything I've seen on TV and the media or, you know, when people aren't being honest and talk about, that all they need is their kids, which yeah. again, you know, yeah. if I, I mean, God forbid anything ever happened, you know, like to me, like I desperately need my children. Right. And I love them. Like I can't, it hurts almost, but it's still, you need more. And, but I think you do feel guilty as a mom that that's not totally filling up your tank. Absolutely. And you said you were having a monologue, so you weren't talking to anyone else. No, about this. because okay. I was, I, I, I couldn't, like I can articulate it, it yeah, or? and I can I can articulate it much better now with okay. hindsight and a lot of many many <laughs> years of yes. digging deep in self work. But while I was going through it, I I hadn't been up to that point really great at expressing myself in general, mm-hmm. and so something that was so um, personal and painful and vulnerable, it, it terrified me, and it just made me clam up. Understandably. And, yeah. I mean, and what, I what did, do you do with that? I didn't know how to talk to my husband about it. I, um, 
you know, I just went along like everything was fine. Um, it was really, it was, it was really awful because the, 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 the flip side of that is that I wasn't present to my kids. I wasn't present to my family. I wasn't present to all these beautiful things that I had created in my life. And because I was in this just cycle in your in head. head. Yeah. Yeah. I time. have lived, I just think that, um, for various different reasons and similar reasons at that juncture, but even as a, like a teenager and even as a kid, like I, that was me. Like, I can't remember like huge swaths of my life. It's so odd, but yeah, because I was so in my head and I was absolutely not present. Like right. I can't remember high school. Yeah. I remember a couple of things. Yeah. And it's not because I have a bad memory. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I just blocked it out. Right. Yeah. You're so somewhere I else. totally get that. Yeah. So, so how do you begin to create language around your feelings and so you've identified that you're not happy but like how do you either embrace it which is scary but how do you own that and then how do you move forward yeah it was a process a very long painful process and I started with um I be I became very familiar with the New Age section in Barnes and Nobles because it was really (laughs) kind of before all this stuff was available online it probably was, but I was more comfortable in the bookstore. Yes. And so um spent a lot of time. And Charlie, in fact, said, my husband, in fact, said at one point he was, looked over at my side table and he was terrified. He had <laughs> all no the idea. titles of the book. All the titles. He was like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on here, you know. <laughs> but we were plodding along and side by side and, you know, ra- racing around. And um it was, it was, it started with that. And then it was, you know, I journaled. I, um I, it was, uh, it's it's kind of a blur at this point. Eventually, um, painfully, I I because I couldn't articulate it, and my husband was kind of panicking a little bit, yeah, um, and freaking out. So he started holding holding on tighter. Um, I moved out because it was wow. the only thing that I could see doing, and it was um, devastating. It was I can't even. It's bravely devastating. Like to me, it's like taking that step for you, and because you don't know where else what else to do that had to be like extremely frightening. Like I can't even imagine. It was, it was terrifying. So how does that look? I mean, you just tell your husband one day, like, I love <sighs> you, but I have to move out. I don't feel fulfilled. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, I don't, you tell me if you're comfortable going. Yeah, there. no, it really looked like um, it was really hard. Um, and I said, you know, I just need to do this. And he said, like, okay, I but let he you was, go. yeah, but he he didn't really let me go. It was kind of this painful thing, um, and it was hard because my kids were really little; they didn't understand. But I just felt like it was the only thing I could do. I was suffocating, like physically sitting right yeah. here right now. I feel like you can I'm, feel it. I can. Well, your voice has changed even yeah. talking about it. <sighs> yeah, breath. really, really suffocating. Um, so we continued. Um, we went through therapy, um, but it really wasn't getting anywhere. Uh, so, um, well, because it doesn't sound like it was really about your marriage per se. It I mean, wasn't. there might have been things, but it was more about you and mm-hmm. where you were coming from. So, mm-hmm. like sometimes in that situation, couples therapy doesn't help unless it's maybe comforting the other party and that you're on a journey and that you're still in. And you know, but I mean, it's like it's the work is yours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but I knew I had put my stake in the ground that what I wanted was to live a life of passion. Mm-hmm. 
and presence. And I wanted to be more present for my family and my kids. And I really didn't want to go, I didn't want to, you know, get to the point where our kids had moved out of the house when they'd gone off to college. And mm. I look at my husband when it's just the two of us and say, I'm who out. are you? Yeah. Where have I been for the last 20 years? I, I just, that was not okay for me. It happens a lot. I know. And so I, I was, that was kind of my guidepost. And um, I really felt that uh, it was what I had to do. It, as painful as it, as it was, it's what I had to do. And so you moved into like an apartment yeah. or something. Yeah. And are you still working at the time? Like working? still working. Because that's hard too. It's like, how do you get the time and space? I mean, I know you've physically removed yourself from your home, but you're still working. I mean, that takes up so much time and space, especially in a high powered job. It's not like you were just scooping ice cream or something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. how does, I mean, did it take a long time for you to? Yeah, I lived, I was out of the house for about, um, uh, about probably, I want to say about eight or 10 months. And then, um, and we were still trying to communicate and switching off with the kids and trying to figure things out. And, but by that point I knew I was getting a divorce, you know, I filed at that point. And, um, I kept hearing about this course that, that people were talking about and they'd be like from different parts of my life. Oh my gosh, if I would have gone through that, I never would have gotten a divorce, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of shoved it aside. Well, it kept coming up and it turned out to be this course that's here locally called Landmark. And, um, and it's, definitely um not a couple's course it's it's about your own yes shit right which you got to deal with i mean like we said this was not like it was the onus was on you like judging in a judging way for me to say that it's more of like you were having an internal crisis ergo like you need to do to work on that before you could even work on any other relationship right right and if we were going to have a relationship together with the kids correct I yeah. had to figure that out. So did you go to Landmark? I went to Landmark okay. and I invited my husband. Okay. And um, he, hemmed and hawed, eventually decided to do it. And um, by about midday through the second day, it's very intense. I've heard, um, yeah. He, I started, it scared me because I all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute, maybe there, there's another way to talk about this. Yeah. Like, inst- you mean, instead of like filing for divorce, like right. there might be something, another way to to work this. We kept going around and around. Our communication was not good. We were stuck in the cycle. Yeah. Happens to a lot of people, I think. Yeah. And so um, we came out of that course and basically said, um, let's try and make this work. Okay. So does that mean move back in? We went away for a weekend just to see, and okay. we redesigned our life, basically. Um, you mean like you sat together? I mean, sat together. Maybe using tools from Landmark or just maybe just, whatever. Yeah, just, and you just basically like dreamt your future together. Yeah, and just said, "What do we want it to look like?" Was he open to that? Yeah, okay. yeah, because he was. I mean, terrified. that's awesome. He held on so tightly, yeah. um, and while it drove me crazy while I was going through it, um, ultimately, I think it's what kept us together. Yeah. He didn't give up. No, he was stalwart um, and yeah. like new. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah, and he was angry, and oh, he was yeah. confused. And, right. But um, Well, especially because so, you've been having a monologue, right? So yeah. all of a sudden, it goes from monologue to pile of books to I'm in an apartment. You right. know, and he's probably like, "What happened? how did we get here? Yeah. Right? And you didn't even know at the time to be able to I, share I didn't. that. So. Yeah, I didn't. So I you no dreamt idea. a future together, which I think is a beautiful thing that I don't think you need to wait to do with your partner no. uh, mm-hmm. until that 
crisis. I would say crisis. Right. I mean, I think that anyone can and should dream the future with their partner all Mm -hmm. the time, right? I mean, for sure. Not waiting till that point. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So you did that. We did that. We talked about traveling and all the things we wanted to do. And I said, I don't want to work up in LA anymore. I want to work out of the house. And um, so that's kind of the beginning of part two. Okay, good. So, <laughs> yeah. so basically, so part one is like the realization of like, oh my gosh, like the checklist that mm-hmm. I think most people have mm-hmm. isn't enough. Mm-hmm. I need to feel passion. I need to feel present. Crisis, almost divorce, work it out, which is super admirable. Not always for everybody, but right. like I love that it happened for you and that you had a partner in it. And so now you're like, okay, so enough of the LA job or even were you just like enough of that type of job? Yeah. Okay. So now it's chapter two. I basically two. said, I, I don't want to sell jeans to people who don't need any more jeans. <laughs> you know, expensive jeans. I guess jeans. when you boil it down, sometimes I think about that with PR with what I do a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, like, do people need this? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It it's is hard. hard. And it was a long drive and the kids were getting a little bit older and I wanted to be around them yes. and be more involved in their lives. and. Um, and be present. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and and I continued on through the landmark um, program, okay. and uh, self-expression was really hard for me. And so, uh, uh, one of the courses they offered was called self-expression and leadership, and that is what gave birth to Ripple Kids. So, can I ask? It's so interesting. This is very sexist. So yeah. I'm just going to out myself right now. Okay. As being sexist. Um. But like self-expression with women, right? Mm-hmm. People often think that like a woman would not have a problem self-expressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a total gender stereotype and it, it's not true, but I'm just wondering, like, is that just something from childhood or is that just who you are as your makeup? Because you seem very, to me, authentic and not afraid to express yourself. So is that like a tool you just didn't have in the tool chest? Yeah. until? You, okay. And I think there is, there's a certain amount of... Um, of that with women in many parts of their lives, our lives, um, you know, in the workforce, not asking for more money right? Um, when you get a raise. In fact, I have to do a little shout out for my daughter. Yes. Who is just starting out okay. in the working world. She graduated about a year ago. She's living in San Francisco and um, asked for a raise and they gave, her, gave it to her and she said, you know, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. But I was kind of thinking I wanted this, you know, right. and it wasn't that much more. Right. So she asked for a raise, but didn't specify an amount. Exactly. And they ask. Okay. And then so she asked for more and they gave it to her. And I said, I Good am so her. proud of you because I don't recall ever doing that. That is hard to do. Really hard to do. And so um, I think that kind of translates across, you know, so many areas of our life, really. It's so interesting. I wouldn't even categorize, I wouldn't have categorized that as self-expression until you just framed it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait. You so know? it's asking, I think it's identifying what you want and right. also asking for what yes. you want, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. So yeah. so you became more able, I guess, once you're in tune and in alignment with what you want to be doing and who you are, then you're able to express that and have the vocabulary for it, right? Right. Through Landmark, through your work. Right. And so now you say... Maybe it's not about denim. Right. Right. And so then is it about forming a nonprofit? It was. Um, or did that take a while to bubble up? It took a while to bubble up. And I think the context of that was I really was focused on my legacy and what I wanted to leave behind. And 
um, thinking about wanting to make a difference, really. And it was kind of funny the way it came up was because I, I was, um, and it kind of overlaps a little bit. So Ripple Kids kind of was in the back of my mind because I'd, I'd, I'd started thinking as I'm looking for meaning of ways to give back and volunteer. And I kept looking at these, you know, huge problems and be like, well, I can write a check or I can go volunteer, but the problem is so big. Like, how right. can I possibly make a difference? Yeah, so I, I was paralyzed. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. yeah, totally paralyzed. And so as this was happening in my life and um, as my kids are getting a little bit older, um, I was having a conversation with, with my daughter. And she said, you know, she asked me a question about global warming and because it was on the cover of National Geographic. So I explained it to her and I said, you know, it's a big problem and nobody really knows what to do about it. And she thought for a minute, she was like, you know, it's really not that hard. All we have to do is da 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 And she listed out ways that she could end global warming. And I, it, this, the difference was striking between <laughs> me sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't possibly make any difference right. as and an then, adult. However old she is at the time. Yeah, she was like, I think six or seven. Yeah, as she's listing you know, a few concrete yeah. examples yeah. of and what I'm going, she can do. Huh. So that kind of stuck with me. And then as, as I evolved, I knew I wanted to do something with that. Um, and so that was really where it kind of came to fruition was through this program. Uh, and we started out doing service projects with the classroom, you know, with the kids' classes. And, and that kind of evolved into what is Ripple Kids. Right. And yeah. so for people, you know, that want to check it out, obviously, they can go to RippleKids.com mm-hmm. or RippleKids.org and see, you know, how to start talking to your kids um, at a young age. Right about how they can make a difference and feel empowered. Right. Um, and then, like I said, the, you give tips and you know all the how-to piece and inspiration, right. which I think is super- And picking causes. Yeah, they, picking causes. Yeah. I remember doing a round table at your house in those early days. Mm-hmm. Very and, early you know, days. And the kids are like, you know, that there were such, you know, really cool buckets that, and things that I feel like the same way, like, you know, animals, um, the elderly. Right. It was environment, yeah. you know, and I was like, wow, I mean, who can't get behind any of these, right. you know? Right, um, And it was really inspiring to see that, like, they had concrete ideas. And I love the fact that they just weren't, they're not jaded. So, like, they even, you know how we, like, unlearn all the things we're born with and right. we have to relearn them? It's just so, so stupid. But, I mean, it's the path of life, so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just think that they don't get phased when they have an idea that's just a small, like, step. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, it's like, that's how we should all be thinking about making changes for, to in our world and, and giving back and contributing is like, it's just a series of small steps. Like they have a natural inclination to look at something and say, I want to make a difference. I want to yeah. change that. And it's never about how much or how big no. or it's always about it's it's like action. $5 or $500. Right. Um, we've had kids that have gone on to start their own nonprofits, you know, so it's, they're on a range, a continuum of how they want to participate. Um, and it, and, you know, it's as individual as people are. Um, right. In terms of how much they want to take on, how much responsibility, you know, if they're entrepreneurial or not. Um, and so, yeah, it's really, it's phenomenal to see. I love it. And I, it's, it's you know, again, it's that ripple effect. And mm-hmm. I think I have a question. So let's, because to me, it sounds like, okay, so we've, you've done the work, you've dreamt your future, your partner's on board, mm-hmm. you're back home, you're not driving to LA, you've started like an amazing nonprofit, and you're seeing the fruits of those labors. And mm-hmm. the fruits of those labors happen to be like engaged, empowered children and parents and making a difference. So that's right. got to feel good, right? Yeah. So was it, is it like you flipped a switch or is there still, I mean, are there still days in this time where you're like 
scared or not feeling it or like was it suddenly like everything's fine? I mean, I, no. I okay. I mean, I yes, want to be realistic was, for people. So yeah. no. Okay. No, it's not all butterflies and, <laughs> and rainbows know, and no. unicorns. Okay, so no, it's definitely still not like a daily. It's a journey. Okay. I mean, it truly is a journey, and and I find that as as you pick up, you know, as I got to a level where I felt I was expressing myself with Ripple Kids, and I, you know, after all this hard work, was just so grateful for having gone through that and come out the other end and turned into this beautiful thing. You know, there's days when you don't feel like doing anything. There's days when you're wondering, you know, I was wondering, oh, my God, what am I doing? Like, this isn't going as fast or as big as I want it to go. Um, I'm a failure. Well, Um, you're probably applying like some kind of, you know, crazy corporate, you know, expectations and growth projections to a nonprofit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which it's going to be global. Yeah, it's going to be global in two years because it's going to take off because who wouldn't want to participate in that? So you still have a checklist. Yes, absolutely. And and a vision. Okay. But it but there's more. I guess there's more feeling around it instead okay. of just the... I hope there's less rigidity, too. Oh, to yeah. It. Okay. For sure. Okay. And, yeah, you're ne- the work is never done. I think the way I look at it is kind of a cycle. And I feel like I went through the hard, hard, hard work at that beginning because I was unearthing and unpacking so much stuff. Right. And really figuring out how to express it. And, and, and you know, you get to a point where you're feeling pretty good about it and then something else hits you and then it's like, okay, and you kind of go through these various stages, but they're not, you don't stay there as long. So, you know, as as Ripple Kids um, began to wind down, I don't know if you want to get to this point yet or not. Yeah, no, go. So... This um, is your story to tell. <laughs> and we do have to talk about that. It's your so show. We're going to talk about that. It's not really my show. I don't know. It's, it's everybody's show. It's the people's so, show. Yeah. Um, led by Carrie. Right. Um, it, it, uh, uh, let me back up. So about three years ago, I was turning 50. My husband was turning 60. Ripple Kids turned 10. And our youngest was off to college. So we were going to be empty nesters. And so it, no, nothing really changing. Nothing no, changing no big at all. And I, yeah, at a all, couple of things. All. But it, I loved how round everything was. Right. You know? yeah. This is not satisfying <laughs> yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. It just felt, it felt really like it was time. Yeah. And um, it was not easy for me to get to that point because Ripple Kids saved my life in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it was the first full-blown expression of me. Yeah, and my out there heart. in the world. Yeah, my heart and my soul. And it was a labor of love. It is a labor of love. And for me to be able to say, I've done my work. Um, it's, it's, it's been a beautiful ride, mm-hmm. you know, working on it as hard as I was. Um, and it's time to tell the other part of my story. And Ripple Kids is still around for right. sure. But I was working, you know, full time with no pay. Yes. Um, no people. I mean, I had my board. Um, right. But no staff. No staff. Yeah. So it became, you know, it was, it was a lot of hard work. Um, so I decided it was time to kind of tell this part of my story. Okay. Yeah. And so it took a while for me to figure out what that looked like. So that was another part of that cycle, right? So, you know, figuring out what does this next phase look like? Exactly. And how so, are you going to tell your story? Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? And and it wasn't as painful because I'd been there before. So it was really like, you know, that that evolution of letting something go that I loved and was such a part of me, but knowing that there was more for me to do. And someone else is stewarding that forward. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, again, that that kind of, like you said, it's kind of like having a child. Right, exactly. Um, and like then letting them 
kind of grow on their own and see where that leads exactly. with other mentors and things like that, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, in different perspectives. Um, so why is it important for you to have this next chapter of telling your story, doing more study, like in positive psychology, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. and then it what sounds like it's going to be workshops and mm-hmm. um, coaching or if it's going to be one-on-one, but you could talk yeah. about that. But why is this important to you? Like, what do you hope to achieve here? I feel like my story, I'm not alone. I feel like um, the the amount of pain and anguish I went through and the amount of time it took me to get through that period of time, I would like to save women from yeah. having to go through that amount of pain and anguish. I almost lost my marriage over yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I started out looking at who do I want to talk to? And, it, it, you know, I was trying to figure out, is it is it women who are my age who are empty nesters trying to figure out what's next for them, which is exciting to me. Right. And a huge population. Yes. Yes. And so I kind of started talking to women in that age group, um, asking them what their experience was like. Was there a time in their life that they had been through like what I had been through um, and did a lot of great work around that. And then. And I'm curious, is there a time in their lives when they went through what you went through? In different ways. Okay. Kind of that awakening, that aha moment that I need to, something needs to change, whether it's, Health-related, um, tragedy-related in their, you know, in their in a their loss family, or a loss. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes it's not that monumental by outside. It's like standards. a quiet awakening. Like this isn't everything I need. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very common experience. And do they have shame around it? Um, in some cases, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I should feel fulfilled. Yeah. And in some cases, they just had to roll with the punches and they came out the other side and just went, okay, I can do this. I mean, the amount of strength um, and fortitude, I think, that women demonstrate when they're going through these kind of life changes is yes. truly amazing and, and inspirational. Talking, yeah, and you've been getting those stories, right? Yes. You've been talking to these women yes. in order to create curriculum and a workshop and coaching. Well, that, first I thought you know. I wanted to write a book because I okay. knew ultimately what I wanted to do was yes. workshops. Um, public speaking, um, some coaching one-on-one. But I thought that I needed to have a book around it first so that I could get entree into that. Yes. So I've been working on this book. And then I realized that if that's what I really wanted to do, the business side of it, that I kind of needed to figure that out. The business, exactly. (laughs) At the same time, because I had no idea what that, how do you create a program? You know, what do you charge for it? How do you get customers? Like, how do you get clients? Like, what's the whole process? What are you going to teach them? Yeah. So I found this um, course that is called Women Rocking Business, and it's about um, empowering women to start businesses. I love that. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it is around self-growth industries. It's um, it's really, you know, empowering women to um, take their gifts and share them, essentially. That's great. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like Ripple Kids. Yes, in a lot of ways. I know <laughs> right? there's a lot of themes here. Um, and so um, one of my good friends told me about this course and so she and I are doing it together now yeah and um that's helped me kind of formulate what I want the curriculum to look like but as I was trying to figure out because one of the big first steps is who do you want to work with so I was kind of focused on right so you were talking to women I had been talking to them for the book but but um it really struck me that where my heart is tenderest is for women who might be struggling at the same age where I was, mm-hmm. when they have young kids, um, and and while um, you know 
women at our age now are no less deserving. Right. I feel like they're, I, I almost, it's almost like if I can Get intervene at a time mm-hmm. where they don't have to go through the pain I went through, where they can have those precious years with their kids yes. when they're little Being and present. be present to them. Um, where they can possibly save their marriages if they're yes. getting through that point, right? Um, then, then that's who I want to work with. I love that because I think that that's you know, if I'm honest about it, even though I didn't get divorced till maybe four or five years ago, that's where it started to happen, mm-hmm. and I wasn't present. Like I, I could have memories of my kids, and I loved them. You know, I loved them so hard through that time, but. I wasn't present for the moments. And right. I feel like that's super sad because you yeah. can't go back to that. You can't go back to that. And I think, you know, can we talk a little bit about, um, and, you know, I want to know, you know, some of your insights. I mean, not, I want to give away the farm because obviously you're going to have workshops and mm-hmm. people are going to get in touch with you for that. But to me, it's like people don't talk about how difficult those years are. Mm-hmm. Like you're so thankful to have these beautiful beings, these kids. And, you know, if you're married of a partner, um, you have work maybe, or you don't, you know, right. plenty of work staying at home. It's way much, it's way harder than going out to work, I think. Um, but it's like, it is so exhausting and mind numbing, like the amount of labor that happens mm-hmm. with kids, getting them to everything, making sure they're fed. Are they healthy? Are they happy? Are they enriched? Are they, and I'm coming from a place of privilege, obviously. I'm not right. just worried about getting food on the table, which is a whole different different situation. Yeah. And I'm thankful to be where I'm at. Right. But, you know, even from this place of privilege, it still was mind-numbingly exhausting. Yes. Like, I just remember never having energy, even if I worked out or it didn't matter what I ate. Um, I was just like in constant grind. Right. And um, it's really hard to be present when you are have so many demands on you. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think people really I – mean, they're starting to talk about it more, and I'm glad that you'll be talking about it in a public forum mm-hmm. and helping women because I think it's really a hard time, and everyone expects you to be just oh, – you've got the just most adorable little babies yeah. and toddlers and elementary school kids, and there's you know mother-daughter tea at school and daddies and donuts, and it's like, you know what? I didn't even eat a donut because I didn't have time to eat the flipping donut. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just running to the next thing. Right. It's like, it's kind of punishing in a way. And it is. And yeah. no one ever, you know, it's supposed to be like you said, like all these flowers and rainbows. But right. it's like, actually, it's really hard. And there's so many stories, I think, around, you know, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're going to have this baby and it's the most beautiful time oh in gosh, your life. Yes. And you're you going to feel so raising connected children. immediately. Yeah. First and, of all. Oh my God. You know, I was like, okay, let's, layer on some more, you know, emotions in terms of right? you're feeling totally transformed. You've gone through this, you know, your body has done something pregnancy. miraculous yeah. Yeah. and freaky, really freaky. <laughs> um, and you have this baby that you're supposed to be bonded with immediately yeah. that you're going to love taking care you're of. You're going to breastfeed. There's going to be no problems. First of all, it's going to latch on beautifully right the first time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the nurse no isn't going to be pulling your nipple halfway across the room <laughs> and sprinkling formula on it, which, yeah. you know, feels amazing. Um, you know, you're yeah. going to be like in love immediately. Like all these, like these little emojis are going to come out of their yeah. eyes and your eyes. And yeah. I'm like, uh-uh, this no. baby can't tell me anything of what it needs. It's freaking me out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the first baby. I was right? so glad when the nanny would come. I yeah. was like, thank you. I know. And I luckily, like, thankfully, we had that opportunity. Well, again, right? privilege, that privilege. But I was right? like, so thankful and blessed to have amazing nannies. I'm just like, please take my kids because I might go crazy. Well, like, and I right had now. this feeling of, you know, I couldn't leave the house. Yeah, housebound, kind housebound, of. Housebound. I was trapped. 
I was, you know, nursing for the f- whatever, four, five, six weeks I yeah. had off. And uh, I had to make sure that <laughs> if I did go out, that I fed her right before I left. Right, the timing. Yeah. And then if I was going someplace, it had to be someplace close to a Nordstrom so I could right, go into the mother's exactly. lounge. Because heaven forbid I sit on a bench, you know, in right. the middle or in my and car. do anything yeah. in public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was this, you know, please don't start, start crying. Please don't start crying. Right. Um, yeah, terrifying. And then you throw into that, you know, postpartum depression exactly baby blues it's emotional oh, so much emotional stuff and, so hard um i'm so happy that people are starting to talk more about that yes I feel that's like that's huge. huge and so many people on on a spectrum suffer from various levels right of that right and and i think you know then too they're like you're so worried about like but i'm supposed, supposed to this is the whole myth right i'm supposed to be a perfect wife still so i'm mm-hmm. supposed to want to have like sex you know right when i can I'm yeah. like, it's been so long i can't wait to just get right back to it you know it's like i'm not somebody tired else at needs all. me i feel so sexy <laughs> yeah. you know first yeah. of all cuz yeah. you know no one even told, tells you when you leave the hospital you're wearing these weird panties yeah. with the weird you know pad <laughs> you that you like haven't worn since you're in like 7th yeah. grade yeah people yeah. are asking you on a, on the elevator when you're due and you're like um i was I'm like three weeks overdue and they're like what and i'm like i had a baby you know, <laughs> but you're supposed to want to have sex and you know try to get your pregnancy, your pre-pregnancy body back, right. which is crazy. Right. Um, immediately bonded with your baby. Breastfeeding is a, just the best thing you ever did. It gives you a high that you've never experienced before. Right. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, and then your house has to be neat and tidy. And is everyone getting fed? And the healthy stuff, like right. it has to be organic, maybe. Right. Like right. you know, it's like, and then you're gonna go back to work, maybe. Oh yeah, and then there's this partner that you have in your life, your yeah. husband who or wife or whoever right. who's who's there and yeah. has their need. Their needs haven't right. stopped. And no. because there's also this myth about we can do it all. You know, and it's I ridiculous. And I actually yeah. wanted that. I mean I well, I remember thinking to, I can do that. But we're raised to all. want it. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping that in your workshops you'll talk about that myth because yeah. I think just because we can do it all doesn't mean we need to do it all. And actually, I don't. I would argue that no one can do it all and be present and passionate. Absolutely, I think it is impossible. Mm-hmm. You can point me in any direction to someone that you could say on Instagram is proving they're doing it all, and I will tell you, talk to her, him, for real. Well, and let's see. And that's also the other thing that I didn't have when I was in this fit. You know, when I was going through this emotional personal crisis. I didn't have these beautiful pictures of oh the perfect gosh. family staring at me on this social media that is ever right. present. And I can't even imagine. imagine that. I mean, I get it now. You know, it's just like, oh, well, wow, they look really great. I feel yeah. kind of crappy today. But when you're going through something where you feel so insecure and then you're yes. looking at this. Right. This this kind of like facade of just like such a it's facade. a story, right? Such a story. So we talk about telling ourselves stories, right? Like yes. the story of like you can you can do it all, you should want it all, be it all, right? Um, she's got it all. Well, then the story about you know my husband works all day. You know, let's say even if whether you work outside the home or not, and you've got little kids. Um, you know, my husband works all day. Let's say you stay home, right? And I'm home all day, so. I, I can't ask for help because he's the one that's working the bread so hard. And he's right. working so hard. Right. And then he comes home and he just wants to relax. And I've been with the kids all day. Right. Now I'm getting dinner on the table. Yeah. And I'm exhausted. Totally. And I'm 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 overwhelmed. Um yeah, and I mean, I, how how do you even I hope I know in your workshops you'll be giving women tools to and like you said, it's the self expression. Like right. and that, you know And asking for help. Yes. And that it's okay to ask for Oh my gosh, help. I just learned that. Yeah. And I'm fifty. Yeah. So I think I learned that like in the last mm, six months. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm hoping truly, that you'll be teaching women in their 20s and 30s. Yes. How absolutely. to ask for that. And here's the thing is that society kind of tells us that if you take time for yourself, it's selfish. Yeah. You're taking time away from your family. Right. That you're supposed to be there 24-7. And the reality is, and what happened to me, is that you can't possibly do that. You you are giving so much of yourself you know, in all the roles you're fulfilling, whether you work out of the house, work in the house, yes. your mom, your wife, your best friend, I've, whatever. Totally. And if you don't fill back up with something that gives you joy, that's just yours, yeah. that you truly is your just passion. Just for you, truly. Feeds, and it, that can't feeds just be your working soul. out, by the way. No, 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 no. Something that feeds your soul. Unless you're running triathlons and that's, you know, that's yeah. different. But yeah. I mean, just to like look hot and work out, right. that's it's, not... Yeah, or going to the spa for a day. No. It has to be something sustainable, something that really, it taps into your gifts and your yep. self-expression. Okay. And um, because if you don't do that, you become depleted and you're you're giving all of this out of a ba- vacuum. And that's why you're exhausted all the time. Well, and literally, I'm going to fess up, as I always do on every podcast, um, something. I'm going to out myself How again. exciting. It's very exciting. No, it's not exciting, <laughs> but it, it feels good for week? me to put it out there because it's like a confessional. So just pretend like you're a priest okay. for just a minute. <laughs> that's hard. That's a stretch. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. I need like a screen between us. Um, so... We didn't take a honeymoon last year after I got remarried because there was some stuff going on in the family that just wasn't the time. It was mission critical to be on the ground, mm-hmm. still here. Now it's not. I mean, you know, but of course, I feel guilty taking a honeymoon, right? I'm 50. I'm Woman. still learning, yeah. Bridget. Yeah. So I'm like, have I delayed, delayed, delayed planning it? Like, and I, I keep emailing the travel agent, like, another question. Yeah. Like, and I finally just added myself to my husband last night. I go, I really want to be with you. Please make me take this trip. Yeah. You just need to do it. Yeah, my kids are like literally almost 20 and 18. Exactly. And, and I will take it, but it's like, it just shows you how deep this goes. Absolutely. And I've done a ton of therapy and it's still a struggle. Right. Um, and I feel like, you know, I wanted to ask you, because sometimes I do judge myself for like, what are my hobbies, right? And people say, I'm a, um, I, you know, like I come in here for the podcast and, you know, Murphy's teaching people how to play ukulele or ukulele, is how you're supposed to say it, mm-hmm. guitar, drums. Right. And I'm like, well, my hobby is like, I like to read and I like to learn and I like to listen to podcasts. And I think those are like good hobbies. Yeah. Like, but sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm not a sailor. Like, and I judge myself for like, you know, my joy tank gets filled up in different ways. Right. And I think that's, I think, and, and, and I used the word passion, which I think can be a dangerous word because I feel like it's used, thrown around a lot. And it's like, discover your passion. Like, like it's, you have to be like, an artist. Or like it's laying in there somewhere that you just have to uncover it and middle miraculously right. so appear. Can we talk about like, that a little bit. Yeah, because like, I had I was so out of touch with myself. I had no idea what it was I wanted. I didn't know who I was. Yeah. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I didn't like because I was this robot, right? And, and there's I no time for that. A lot of people listening can identify with this. Yeah. I know I for sure can. Yeah. And it really takes time. And it takes um it it takes you know, for me, I found it in reading these books that really helped me dig deep, you know, um, and really try and learn about who I am, what makes me tick. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about positive psychology that you mentioned, they have this character survey via character survey that I'll be in- incorporating into my work oh, good. With, okay. with women. I love, so I get to take like a quiz or a test. Yes, oh, yes. And it's favorite. like character strengths. And okay. um, positive psychology is about living and doing and being in your top character strengths okay. because that's where you will find joy, joy. purpose. So it's kind of a good guidepost guide because there's okay. many people who do not 
know. You What's know? an example and, of a character strength? Like, give me like so a like, couple of examples of um, what they one might of my be. top ones is appreciation of beauty. Okay. Um, and so I find that when I'm out outside, like in nature, in nature or in a museum, or and something, just being or, yeah, and yeah. just being in awe of you know I you know being present and being like wow. Oh, such a beautiful day today, yes. you know, and feeling that and having that moment where you're just um, really present. And it's different for everybody. Um, right. Some of the other ones are, you know, one of the top ones, which I read the wrong time, the wrong way the first time was judgment. But it's not about being judgy. <laughs> I was going to say a lot about, of people are yeah, good at that, yeah, but maybe it's yeah, not yeah, a character yeah, strength. I know. But it's it's not about being judgy. It's about being, you know, having having a balance to see both sides and okay. having good judgment and oh, being able okay. to make good choices. And, Love that. Um, so it's, it's really kind of digging into that and you can go to, I think it's under via character strength survey. Okay. You but you'll be that. doing this at your workshops. I will. And what so, I'll be doing okay. is taking it, working, drilling it down Okay. with each, um, client That's so that, awesome. that we'll kind of go through it. And then we'll talk about ways that you can, activities you can find that kind of tap into that it. as like a guidepost. See, because and, I, we lose touch with, like you said, who we are uh-huh. as we grow, right? So like and a ripple kid, kids, yeah. these little ripple kids, yeah. right? They know who they are and right. what they want to do, right? Then we'd like unlearn that because, oh, it's selfish to want to do something aside from work and, you know, whatever. Right. And so I love the idea that with your work with clients and workshop attendees that you're going to go back to some basics, like right. help us relearn what these character strengths are. And then, like, I love having a coach tell me, okay, so we know it's appreciation of beauty. Here are some things you can do. What are some ideas around that? Yeah. It sounds so elemental, but honestly, you get to the point where you're so don't know yourself that you need someone to, like a, like a mentor or almost it. a parent, yeah. like type role to like, like Obi-Wan, tell me what it is and I then, need to and do, then you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you try different things and you see what starts to stick. And so like, I re- felt like I really needed to get into art. I wanted okay. to do something where I was creating art. My dad was oh, really God. artistic. Okay. Um, I won't go down that path, but, um, and I thought I need to get, I want to get reattached to that. So I took a drawing class. And so this was part of the, once we got, um, we were back together, I said, this is something I want to do. Maybe it was during the, I can't remember. But anyway, I started taking an art class on Saturday afternoons. It was like an hour and a half at the local museum right here. And it was drawing. (laughs) And what I learned was I hate drawing (laughs) because, (laughs) you know, the perspective and it was too precise. But that doesn't mean you throw away the artistic. No. So then I went and started taking painting classes and I decided, discovered that I love painting abstract art and oil paint. So I I painted, you know, I have, and I still love doing that. Sometimes I, you know, I sit there and go, I just really want to get back on there and just start slapping paint. So it's trial and error. Yeah, And I think you can't tell yourself a story about being a failure. So you can't just try one thing and go, oh, yeah. that's the wrong thing about right. failure. Right. It's like have some perseverance and, and grace right. and patience yes. for your process. Absolutely. Right? It takes a long time. Because people are hard on themselves. And Very they, hard. You're taking these you know, precious hours for yourself, right, that you might feel guilty about, which you shouldn't. You know, you can't get discouraged. Well, and it's not it's not a win or lose. The fact that yes. you're taking that time and you're focused that's on yourself. a win. Right? right there. Yeah, where you're taking that, whether or not you end up deciding that drawing isn't for you. Yes. Um, it's more about that you have that time carved out that you can spend exploring that. Mm. And you're not going to – some people might find it right away, but that period of time, I probably spent – you know, it probably was a good two years or more, and I'm still – there's things that I'm still trying to, you know, discover. Um, Which I'm glad. You don't want to stop having things to discover. No, I mean, that right. should be always, right? 
Exactly. I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so you'll discover like working with you, character strengths, ways to fill up your tank. Right. And I, you know, and how to communicate with yes, your partner. Yes. How to ask for what you ask need. Ask for what you need. Want. Yeah. And do it in a way that's non-threatening. And I've started talking to women who are in this age group, and um, many of them have said, you know, my husband is so, you know, compared to previous generations. I think men and the men that I see around me now with my friends, et cetera, their husbands are much more vested in helping out with the kids yep. and doing that. But at the end of the day, it's still, still even if I'm working full time, it's my job if the nanny calls in sick yep. to, to leave work, to come home. Yep. It's my job to pick up the kids, you know, when they're sick from school. Yes. It's my job to make dinner. Right. It's my job Manage to, the household, basically. to fill out permission slips for, you yep. know, for field trips. And, and when, you know, my husband can say, hey, Thursday nights are my nights out with the guys. Right. And Doesn't, no one bats an eye. Exactly. And when <laughs> I say that, if I say, hey, can I go out with the girls this week? It's like, well, who's going to feed the kids? <laughs> but what about them? Totally. They're going to miss you. There's so you're like, hearing this. Yes, you're hearing this yes. from women in that stage. Yes. And I've also heard from other women. Um, and I'm still really early on in this yes. process. So if you're out there, please reach me and I'll yes, let you we'll know. Yes, we'll talk about that. Um, but it... It that where the husband is like comes home and goes, oh, you need a break, you know. I'll watch the kids or get a babysitter and go do what you need to do. And so part of my research is going to be around the men's perspective of yeah. what what is a successful way of communicating that. Yes. And so much of it comes from how they were raised. Um, you know how we're raised that you know your mom stayed home with yeah. the kids and and so that's the way it should be right you know and sometimes that cycle is broken and sometimes it's not right. so but that communication piece is critical and that's the piece yeah. that i that i had such a hard time with and i love that you're going to help people with it because yeah. and then i think that if i had had that those communication skills it would have probably saved well i don't know if it would have saved my marriage but we would have been at more a, a better marriage while it lasted mm -hmm. right because there were some other you know issues within it but i think that um Asking, like you said, in a non-threatening way, but just being really honest too, right. and not waiting until you're ready to explode to say, "I need to get the heck out of here. I'm going." You know, right? right. Um, and I think a lot of times, just clear communication, whether it's men to a man or to a woman, um, or to even a binary, someone that's right. a gender binary, right? It's like, just tell me what you need, and like a, in a like an honest, like non-threatening um, way. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and I just feel like, why is that so hard sometimes? It's really hard because there's a lot of vulnerability in that, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of fear of what the response right. is going to be, and there's um, there's a lot of the whole I can be everything yeah. too. So it's kind of like, well, if I can be everything, why do I need help? Right, exactly. I should, I should need be the help. perfect wife that never asks for help. Exactly. And, you know. Exactly. That's such a myth. Such a myth. And I'm glad that you're. I sent. I think you're going to be exploding that, breaking that apart. Yeah. In what you're doing to help, hopefully, women. Yeah, who are in this phase, and and the whole purpose of my work is not to create these women who go off and I would never advocate for what I did, leaving no. leaving my family. Right, never in a million years. It was my personal journey. It was what I felt I had to do at the time to survive. You and want so, women to know to learn how to stay in exactly in a healthy way where they can be passion. They don't get to that point. I was crisis. I was yeah. in crisis mode, and um, yeah. So it's it's about identifying that and opening it up for communication before it gets to that point. Yeah, which is brilliant. Um, if women, because right now you're in the midst of you're obviously doing your ongoing study in mm -hmm. positive psychology and other mm -hmm. modalities. 
if women want to get in touch with you to share their experience in order to help you build this curriculum and workshops that you'll be offering, you know, hopefully somewhat soon. Yes. Um, or if they want information about like, hey, I want to be on a list for when you're going to do this. Yes. Um, how can they best reach you? Because I know you're kind of in the midst of forming the whole company, right? Yes. So it's like, yeah. we're too early right now for the website piece. Right, right. But can they email you? Is that yes. the best? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And what email is best for that purpose? Bridget.Belden okay, at so me.com. Okay, so B-R-I-D-G-E-T dot Belden, B-E-L-D-E-N at me.com, yes. me.com. Yes. Okay, perfect. Yes. Um, will you put that on your Instagram yes, too? Yes, I will. I'll for sure tag notes. that so people yeah. will know. Because I think what a great way to get in touch with someone. One, it always feels good to share your story, right? Mm-hmm. So women at any stage going through anything, you know, about this journey right. can get in touch with you. One, it's going to feel good to share a talk story, right. as you would say. Yeah. Um, and then two, they'll be helping other women right. because that'll be part of the curriculum and what's needed and right. a way to identify where to start and, and where to go with us. And I'm, I'm st- because I am so early on the process that I'm looking for beta clients yes. that will have a reduced rate Ooh, in terms of the okay. I love I love a beta yeah. and a reduced rate. Yeah. So okay. reach out to me if that's something you're interested in. That's great. We'll learn together. Okay. So it'll be in, uh, when I post about the show, it'll be on both my Facebook and my Instagram, but Bridget, B-R-I-D-G-E-T dot Belden, B-E-L-D-E-N at me me.com. Yes. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Anything we didn't cover? I think that's it. I think we did a lot. I know we did do a lot. Um, I'm super thankful for all the work you've done, like first with kids and now, you know, with women impacting their lives and also their families. It's, and I just love the fact that you're out there speaking truth into this myth of have it all, do it all, be it all. And then become a robot and then not even be present. So you lose and, and the people around you lose, right? right? So stopping the cycle before we get to that. Absolutely. Um, I love that. So thanks, Bridget, for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.